Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tavin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Welcome to the Tavon Dillard Podcast, y'all. This is Season 4, Episode 13. Me, my name is Tavon Dillard. I mow lawns and I live in Chancellor Park. Mowing, edging, grass-cutting legend. Welcome to the merry month of Octobers. Well, I know we've been here for a minute, but thank y'all for joining me today. Y'all are a hoot, and I sure appreciate y'all hanging out with me every week here on the Tavin Dillard Podcast. It's like a radio show, y'all guys, and we got the t-shirt to prove it. Uh, you can check that out the link in the show notes. Lots of new stuff coming around uh, pretty soon. Uh, I, I mentioned in previous podcasts uh, a couple of the new shirts that are coming out this fall. Uh, hang in there if you're waiting for them. Donut goals and... Uh, uh, Tavins Lawn Care Services. Folks are asking for that, and uh, that, that that's in the works as well. Well, what do you know about that? It's been a good week. A lot going on. You know, I here. let me be honest with y'all. The, the Q&A, so we in uh, episode 13, like I said, of this season, and the Q&A is in two, two episodes, season, uh, episode 15. So we got this week, and then next week, and then the next week is the Q&A, and them questions have been coming in. And there's plenty of time. You can keep sending them in. Here's my worry. Here's my concern. Here's my little bit of a fear, I guess you'd say, about the Q&A episode, is that I'm afraid that I overlooked some questions. Now, I've been trying to get organized this week because folks have been texting me and folks have been emailing me. And then the hardest one, and I don't think I mentioned this yet, if you DM me on on the Instagrams for some reason with me, that is the easiest way to get it buried because I can lose it on there. Now, I tried to make sure that I tracked the ones that came in on the Instagrams, but uh, there's a lot of traffic on the Instagrams these days, and so it's easier. The text is super easy and the email is super easy. The Instagrams can work, but uh, I do fear that some have been shot out to me in the last couple of weeks, and I'm hoping I remember to go dig them up you know, and find them. But there's, it should be a hoot. I don't know how long that episode's going to be in a couple of weeks, but there are a lot of questions coming in, so uh, there's that. Uh, and anyhow, so keep an eye out for that, or I guess an ear out, because it's like a radio show, so it's for your ears, and you've been hanging out with, maybe you hang out with me too on the social medias. I don't know, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, TikTok, that kind of thing, uh, Patreon. I'll put a link in the show notes today for uh, the shirts and the merch that's going on. Of course, Tavin's Bag of Bacon, that'll be their first. Uh, that's been moving. I'd say it's moving like hotcakes, but I think bacon moves faster than hotcakes do. They should say the hotcakes are moving like bacon. That's the way I see it. Anyhow, Tavins Bag of Bacon's there. Uh, the shirts is there. Uh, Patreon, I'll put that in there if you want to pitch in and help Chancellor Park grow there. Uh, hopefully, I have some more news just about everything that's going on with me soon. But right now, are we in the middle of the merry month of October's? And there's a lot going on because people's getting ready for the Halloweens. We had what they call... The championship softball game this week. Who's we, Tavin? Oh, the entire town. It's the softball season championship game, so a lot of folks come out. Oh, but Tavin, what two teams is in it? Well, stay tuned. Um, And I think you got a little, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you kind of already know this, but you don't know how the championship game went, and I'm going to help y'all. 
uh, figure that out. I appreciate all y'all being here. Things are going great. Like I said, on Patreon, you can check me out uh, and all these different places. To, but but right now, the next next thing is keep sending them new questions for the Q&A. Okay? Now let's get to what we're talking about today. They had, <clears throat> you ready for this? They had a big Halloween to do down at the nursing home. And I'm starting to volunteer there now that the lawns have slowed down, but uh, it, it, you don't call it volunteer when they're paying you. I volunteered quite a bit down there because I wanted to, and then my gal Cricket was down there, so that was like a win-win. But now they're paying me, so maybe that's three wins. I ain't even, you know, and I, I'm getting paid to be down there. And, of course, like I mentioned a second ago, the championship game in town this week for the softball fields. Who was it? Team Burger Shed against Team Thunder Punch. That's Coach Hicks' team. He run that boxing gym in town called Thunder Punch. He also the head lifeguard at the City Pooh. He was my high school PE coach. Uh, ran to Long John Silver's in Next County over back in the day, and he's Meemaw's water aerobics instructor. More on that later. But first, let's get to the Halloween festivities in town. The nursing home party starts at 2 p.m., on Tuesday in town. I was already set up to volunteer for this event. It's been on the calendar for weeks. So folks have been doing crafts and then they hang them up on their doors. And then some folks want to dress up. Doreen Funda wanted to be a goldfish. No surprise there, like from Finding Nemo's. I don't I don't guess that's a goldfish, but you know, it's so she wanted she called it Nemo's is what she said. But basically, she wanted to be a goldfish. She got a pet goldfish named Captain Thunderboots, and it's her second goldfish with that name, so she wanted to dress like one for the Halloween party. Well, where are you going to find a goldfish costume? That's right. You're going to have to make it. Well, her daughter-in-law, Sweet Wilma, told Doreen that she'd put something together for her. And true to her word, she did. Now, I'm hanging orange and black streamers there in the hallway of the nursing home when Sweet Wilma walk in with this outfit. I mean, I wasn't the only one here who stopped what I was doing to watch this thing get carried down the hallway at the nursing home. She had an orange pillowcase and she had painted the sides of it to look like them fish gills that them fish breed out of and had giant googly eyes either sewed or glued to that pillowcase. That was on the sides of the pillowcase like a goldfish's eyes is on the side of their heads. You see what I'm saying? And if you slip that pillowcase on your head, there's a big hole in the front for your face and your regular eyes. All the while, them giant googly eyes is on the side of the pillowcase making it look like a giant goldfish. Well, then, sweet Wilma had like an orange swimmer shirt in her arms, like one of them waterproof shirts, and it's long-sleeved, and then two orange oven mitts. You know about oven mitts? they big gloves that you use to take hot stuff out of the oven, which most stuff coming out of the oven is going to be hot, unless you're just storing something in there without having it on, which that happened, too. No matter, there was two more items to round out this goldfish costume for Doreen Bundle that her daughter-in-law, sweet Wilma, put together for her. First, please orange sweatpants, and B, orange flippers, like you'd put on your feet if you were swimming in the ocean or a poo or wherever you're swimming. And then flippers was not supposed to be orange. You can tell Sweet Wilma spray painted them, you know, orange, but they, it's orange now. They're supposed to be black, and she painted for Dory's goldfish con costume because I guess you're getting a theme here, but everything on that costume was orange, like a goldfish. Well, it's one thing to see Sweet Wilma carrying all that down the hall, but now the anticipation was building to see Doreen Fundle dressed in all this gear as a life-size goldfish, whatever, Nemo for the Halloween party. So Sweet Wilma make it on down the hallway toward Doreen's room. And I kept hanging them black and orange streamers because that's what I was doing. You know, I already started that job. You know how that go? 
like when you start something and something happened to interrupt you, but you didn't, it's not like I dropped the streamers and just sat, you know, on the, with my, with my elbows on my knees on the floor and my hand under my chin, like I'm getting my picture taken at JCPenney's and just watching her walk by with that goldfish costume. No, I still kind of steady standing there just kind of watching it, but I still was holding the streamers. So when she's all gone by me, I'm reminded in my head, I look down and say, oh yeah, I was hanging them streamers. So that's what I kept doing. Uh, that, so I'm looking at, I'm making it look festive kind of thing is what I was doing. Cricket came by and she asked me if I needed more streamers. I told her I wasn't sure how many streamers I needed. You know, when, when you decorate, it's like, well, there's some there. Uh, there's some here that look festive, but maybe you want it all the way down the hall or something like that. I don't know. Well, then we got a problem because that ain't how many I put up. I didn't put them up all the way down the hall, just kind of a little section there. And Cricket had some more streamers and she just said, let's just put a few up over here. So I did. And I guess at that point, uh, then the hallway looked pretty festive. In case you're wondering the order of events for today, here it is. The costume contest was going to start 2.15 p.m. That gives folks time to start making their way to the mess hall at 2 o'clock p.m. Then after the costume contest, they announced that Mr. and Miss Harvest King and Queen at a nursing home. Then there's Halloween supper and Halloween desserts. It's like caramel apples and donuts, I think. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So my plan is to help with all this and then get down to the softball fields for the championship game. You heard that right. It's going to be Team Burger Shed against Team Thunder Punch. Neil and Danita McKinney, they good people, usually run the live nativity in town. They's down there dropping off some hot nanner pudding that Danita made. She just donated it. Just donated a whole bunch of hot nanner pudding. That's how I like to eat nanner pudding, y'all guys. And I know that'll start a fight with some of y'all, but truth be told, I like it hot. I think they was going to put it in the fridge, though, after she brought it, and so it'd be cooled down by supper, which is a shame if you ask me, but... That's how it went. So I moved to the mess hall to help Cricket and Belinda. She worked there, too. She was Rusty Tidwell's wife's best friend. And we were getting to the microphone and getting that all set up with a speaker so folks can hear what the next event or the instruction is as the night goes on, like the MC, you know, hold that microphone, and the MC talking to the microphone, say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, take a seat or stop wandering off or get your finger out of your neighbor's ear. There's a lot of things they've had to say over that microphone over the, over the years. It ain't rocket scientist, but you do have to make sure stuff is plugged in and that it's plugged into the right thing. Then somebody has to run interference on Dewey Morton, who is what you might call an original prankster, or at the very least, mischievous. So mischievous. We ain't seen Dewey most of the time we've been setting up for the harvest party. And it's kind of nice because he ain't in the way, but then if he was loitering around the mess hall, we'd at least know where he is. Dewey has hid underneath the ping-pong table before. He tried to sneak out under a credible hook blanket once. He always got a little plan he's working. So the instructions were, at this point in the day, if you want to dress up, now is the time to get in costume. So my job now to kind of go around room to room, and I got to say, hey, it's time for the party down at the mess hall. Get on down there, that kind of thing. And so that's what they're doing. We rounding them up. There was a ghost, the old classic with the bed sheet over the head with the eye holes cut out. That was Elmore Fisdale. Turns out he cut the eye holes in his roommate's bed sheet, so they had to sort that out later, but he did have a ghost costume. They wasn't sure where he got them scissors from, neither. Turns out Dewey Morton supplied them to Elmore. No surprise there. We was able to get them from Dewey's room in time for nothing else to get cut. Leon Curtis, he was a karate man, little white breeches and a white jacket with a black belt tied around his waist and a red bandana. 
Hey, it's looking pretty fierce, truth be told. Leon looked pretty strong. Vera Gregory, she's in a wheelchair and can push herself. She's dressed like a lady from the Titanic, and her wheelchair is decorated like a ship. So she's floating down the hallway toward the mess hall. Uh, there's cowboys, pirates, beauty queens, and all the like shuffling and wheeling down to the nursing home all, uh, mess hall, down through them hallways all the way through. Then I see her. The goldfish herself. Doreen Fundle with an orange pillowcase on her head, big old googly eyes on the side with the bottom of that pillowcase tucked into the neck of that bright orange swim shirt and the swim shirt tucked into them orange sweat britches and she's flip-flopping down the hallway with them spray-painted orange flippers on her feet and bright orange oven mitts on her hands. I mean, you ain't gonna miss Doreen and you might end up with a headache if you stare too long. So first things first, the costume contest. And Cricket asked me to run that thing. She's like, you in charge of it. Like, I'm the kind of the guy with the microphone. Remember how we set up that microphone and we had to plug it in and we test it to make sure that if you're talking to a microphone that your voice comes out that speaker that's connected to the microphone and everything's on and everything's plugged in or there's batteries for whatever needs batteries and uh, electricity for whatever needs electricity, that kind of thing. So I was in charge of kind of like talking them through that, that contest. So it looked like this. Uh, Pretty simple process. You clap loud for the different folks as they get announced. Like, hey, it's the spaceman, and people clap. Hey, this is who. Whoever gets the most cheers and the most claps, they win the contest. They had a couple categories, like cutest costume, scariest costume, most original costume. Well, when the claps gave way, here's how the results filled. Now, I gave you a little peekaboo already of what people was dressed like, so you kind of got that in your mind's eye. Cutest costume goes to Vera Gregory in her wheelchair Titanic getup. That's cutest. I don't know. I mean, I think it's creative, but you talking about a ship that hit an iceberg, uh, that kind of thing? I don't know, but it, it ended up being the cutest for the nursing home thing. It did the job. Scariest costume went to Dewey Morton, who was a beekeeper. Not sure how that's scary, but you know how you just start clapping and the next thing you know you voted for Dewey Morton as a beekeeper? Well, that's what happened, I guess. And as if there was any doubt in anybody's mind, Doreen Fundle dressed like a goldfish won most original costume. So I guess maybe that's why Vera Gregory didn't end up in that category. She's disappointed to know she didn't win a cupcake. Uh, she got a certificate. That's what the winner got. I mean, there's cupcakes there too, chocolate and vanilla with the orange frosting for everybody. So she's going to get a cupcake. But I guess she was just hoping to win one, like they hand it to her and say, you won this one, not like you shuffle over to the cupcake table and get one yourself. But, you know, Doreen got ideas. And she didn't stay in those flippers too long. I don't blame her. She ended up in some tennis shoes. I'm surprised she didn't fall in them flippers, but she made it around long enough before she decided to switch out of them. Then they did the Harvest King and Queen, and Cricket, she helped with that. I went into the kitchen. I scooped Nanner pudding that uh, Danita McKinney made, you know, in those styrofoam bowls. It was a dessert option along with all them cupcakes. So you, you, didn't, you didn't have to just stick to a chocolate or vanilla cupcake. You could get some Nanner pudding. You could get one of each. You know, that was it, was it was a party. And you know how parties go. But at this point in the day, my mind started drifting to the old softball fields. I mean, it's got to, y'all guys. It's getting close to me needing to head back to the trailer, get my stuff ready for the game. Not just any game. What kind of game? It's the championship game at the softball fields. I had to turn my attention from cupcakes and costumes to catching and throwing and head first slides into the base. We were set to play, like I said, Team Thunder Punch. Now, you may recall, I don't expect you to, that at the very beginning, 
of the softball season, which actually started back in season three of this here podcast, that there was talk that Coach Hicks might want to play softball on our team. Coach Hicks going to be on Team Burger Shed. Well, he didn't end up being on our team, and I ain't sure how that shook out. But what I do know is that he sponsored his own team, or his boxing gym sponsored his own, his own team, uh, called Thunder Punch. Uh, not to be confused with Doreen Fundle's Goldfish, Captain Thunder Boots. And Thunder Punch had a good season. Good enough to get all the way to the championship game against, that's right, Team Burger Shed. Our team was all there tonight. Me, I'm Tabin Dillard. Russell Tucker, J.T. Whitlow, Myron Curtis, Mort Dwidell, Rusty Tidwell, Rance Farnhart, Donnie Wayne Chambliss, and Ricky Don Pearson. That's Team Burger Shed. So they tried to make it more festive at the fields tonight. It's a championship game. Why wouldn't you? Somebody staple gunned three strands of gold streamers to the concession stand. One of them got pulled down before the game, and I seen one of Cheryl Grubb's kids, a little boy, not Maisley, uh, chasing that dog jalapeno running around trying to tie it around his neck. Good luck catching jalapeno. Speaking of jalapenos, Mary Beth Tucker thought she'd have extreme nachos for the championship game. Of course she did. Why in the world wouldn't she? So it's a nacho bar, and I was thinking in my head, Cricket ain't going to be here to help you, Mary Beth. She's going to be at the nursing home late with all them festivities they got going on down there. How you going to handle this yourself? Now, I know Cheryl Grubbs was around there somewhere because I seen her dog and one of her kiddos already, and she'd been known to pitch in down to concessions and snow too, so maybe that's what was going to happen. Well, me and the fellas, we start gathering in the dugout. We ready to play. It is the championship game, but it ain't like we ain't played on this field before or played this team before. We done both. We know them. They know us. But tonight, it's for all the marbles, as they say. Russell has Rance pitched first. So Rance Farnhart is our starting pitcher for the championship softball game against Thunder Punch. And I'm actually back at catcher to start this championship game. It's pretty easy. You just got to catch it, and you can't get distracted with folks swinging a bat in front of your face. I'll tell you, Coach Hicks, he don't get to be uh, – he ain't as successful as he's been by just uh, living by the seat of his pants. I mean, he's a man with a plan. That's the thing you need to know about Coach Hicks. You probably know that my meemaw and Mabel Childress and Chlorine Phillips and other gals in town take a water aerobics class down to City Poo with Coach Hicks. Well, let me tell you something that you may didn't know. In fact, I'm pretty sure you didn't know. There ain't no way you would know this one. My Meemaw ain't been to the softball fields all season long. All season long she ain't been down there. She ain't interested in seeing the game. She ain't like, oh, my grandbaby's playing a game tonight. What time tapping I'm going to be there with, you know, my pom-poms and cheer for you? No, nah, that ain't my Meemaw. So you got to understand my surprise when I see my Meemaw show up at the softball fields. I mean, I was wondering if she was lost or maybe it's an emergency, like did her trailer burn down? I would have thought that, except I noticed she had a big bag of popcorn and she was steady munching on it. Like she's ready for an evening's entertainment. If Meemaw's stressed out or sad or scared, she ain't munching on popcorn. So I knew she's feeling good. So then I'm like, what in the world, Meemaw? Did she just want to come see your grandbaby play some softball? And your guess is as good as mine where she got about a bag of popcorn. Because as far as I know, there ain't no popcorn at the concession stand. Uh, there was going to be some extreme nachos. I had heard tell of that. But the popcorn, I didn't know. And there ain't different bleachers for home team and away team. You know, at this game, it's just bleachers. Fans all sit together. And if that ain't enough, I think I seen Meemaw grin. What in the world's going on, you're wondering? I'm wondering the same thing. And then I put two, and you got to be kidding me together, and realize she's there to see Coach Hicks. 
her water aerobics instructor, who's playing Team Burger Shed in the championship game at the Adult Softball League in the fields tonight. So, And it wasn't just Mima, it was that whole class. Now, I don't think Coach Hicks invited them. He's dating the lady that's a game warden or force ranger or something like that, but it don't stop these old gals from showing up and cheering for him. I couldn't believe it. I walked over to them bleachers and said, Mima, what in the world are you doing showing up here eating popcorn and grinning for her? You ain't never come to my games. She said, it's a championship game, Tavin. And I said, you don't never come to the championship game, Meemaw. Well, about that time, Coach Hicks walked by and he waved to the crowd. Who's ready for some softball? That's what he say. Well, I lost Meemaw's attention I, and just said, forget it. Fine. I went back to my dugout. That Coach Hicks, he's a real showman. You know, he really knows how to get the crowd into the game. So I get back to my dugout and there's Myron Curtis sitting and eating a plate full of nachos with jalapenos on top. I said, Myron, you can't be serious right now. He said, Tabin, it's my supper. I said, they're going to tear your guts up. It don't take long for that spicy food to run through Myron's system. He's munching away. I can't worry about him. It is what it is at this point. I mean, he ain't going to throw up all them jalapenos, so he, he's just he's making his own decisions. Well, we all got to get our head in the game at this point. Russell Tucker really wanted to start off quick tonight, so like I said, he put, uh, well, he put Rance Farnhart on the mound, but then he also put Rance Farnhart batting leadoff. And Rusty Tidwell right behind him. Well, Rance got a single, and Rusty hit a dinger. 2-0, so fast. It couldn't go up 2 nothing any faster in the game, really. Coach Hicks got up to bat in the bottom of the first, and he grounded to the second base, but you would have thought by his cheering section that he hit a five-run homer. I couldn't believe it. Speaking of five, Team Thunder Punch scored five in the second inning. We got on in the second when I bunted it off my knuckles, and then Ricky Don Pearson hit a triple. Well, long about the fourth inning, it's a 5-3 th Thunder Punch, yeah. They winning at that point. I mean, they's already had day five, and then we started with two, and then we got that one off my knuckles where Ricky Don Pearson knocked me in, so we 5-3, to three, and Myron Curtis has disappeared. And he ain't a magician, and he ain't small, so he ain't hiding. You know where Myron's at? Bingo. Park bathroom. Parked in there and not coming out anytime soon. That park, that thing about the park bathroom is it echoes. If you ever spent much time in a park bathroom, you know there's an echo. There ain't no secrets in there. The best thing he had going for him was the worst thing he had going for him, which is the fact that there's lots of folks there tonight. So it was loud. But his guts did get spoiled in front of everybody, too, though. He was gone. We tied it up 5-5 in the fifth inning. And Donnie Wayne, uh, Chambliss, you know, he had a two-run shot. Well, Myron made it back in the sixth inning, and he looked like he got lost in a wet paper sack. I mean, sweaty, confused, weak-kneed, everything. How was the supper, Myron? Don't even say it, Tavin. I said, I believe you said enough in that bathroom. Well, Myron get up to the plate, and he hit the ball hard. He start running, y'all, and I'm telling you, it's a toss-up between the championship game and his dignity. He got to first base, and they let J.T. Whitlow run for him because he had to shuffle back to that park bathroom. And I'm telling you, all eyes on Myron because folks was either betting on if he was going to make it in on time or rooting that he was, he was or he wasn't going to do it. Depending on who you are, I guess, you rooting for one thing or the other, but uh, everybody was talking about it. Mort Dwydell, he hit what would have been a triple if he ran, but he don't, so he got a single in his at-bat, and then he ended up getting stranded at first base. Listen, y'all, <clears throat> Team Burger Shed had the best season I ever been a part of. We did all right last winter in the Winter League, but that was just more like a spring training. We didn't have no playoffs. 
So here we are in a championship game. Bottom of the last inning, we down by two runs. It's 10 to 8, and we got JT Whitlow on first base and Rusty Tidwell on second base with two outs. I hit a dribbler to shortstop, and I knew I didn't want to make the last out in a championship game, so I hightailed it down the first baseline. Pete Rose, head first, Superman slide into the bag, and they overthrow first. I'm safe. Well, Rusty Tidwell, he's off on contact, and he's heading home. The ball bounces off the dugout fence, rolls right back to the first baseman who fires it home, and Rusty Tidwell is out. Can't blame Rusty. He was hustling. So I didn't make the last out, but the last out got made kind of thing. And the way that go is that Team Burger Shed is the second best team in town this year. And Team Thunder Punch is taking home the championship and free snow cones. And Myron Curtis is taking home some sour guts. Meemaw left in the sixth inning, but I still can't believe she even went there. I surprised at that. And I think she left once she ran out of snacks. So... It was like, yeah, she likes a lot of things, but once the snacks is out, everything else becomes a little less interesting, I guess. Not winning the championship was a little disappointing, but did you know Mabel Childress was at the game too and her and Meemaw did not fight? I called out a win. Why in the world did Myron Curtis get into jalapenos when he knows better? Who knows? I guess it happens to all of us now again. We know better, but we just do the thing and then we pay for it. And that's why we all need a little bit of mercy. And in Myron's case, some antacids. Team Burger Shed had a dynamite season, y'all guys. That's the way I see it. We got lots to celebrate. And what better place to celebrate than the Burger Shed? We wasn't getting free snow cones anyway, so why not get some burgers? We all went down there, except Myron. I heard he had to stop twice before he made a home tonight. So it's a good thing he didn't go down there with us. It might have been terrible for him and, and bad for us too. And now, back in the trailer, I'm enjoying some of this Tavin's bag of bacon, which you can too. Check out the link in my show notes today. It's great for giving, and it's great for keeping. We also got Burger Shed hoodies, Burger Shed t-shirts. got the Team Burger Shed hat. You can get all of that at the link in the, in the show notes too, in the merch. It don't say Team Burger Shed. It just says Burger Shed, but that's the team we are, if that makes sense to you. And, uh... You know, it's only two weeks until the last episodes of season four. So, like I said at the beginning of this episode, send in them questions. You know, text me or email me. Next week, I'll be le- able to let you know how Halloween's went in my town. And you can let me know how yours went. And I don't think y'all are going to want to miss it. It's been quite the softball season and quite the podcast season. And I wouldn't have wanted to do this with anybody else but y'all. So, thanks. And go ahead, please, y'all guys, share this episode, rate the podcast, let me know what you're thinking. Hey, if you ain't seen your Meemaw cheer for the other team or got a hold of too many jalapenos and had to do three rounds in a park bathroom this week, you having a pretty good week. Until next time, y'all guys, I'm Tabin Dillard. This is the Tabin Dillard Podcast, and we'll see you later.